love this podcast, support us by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the link in the episode description to support us now. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Yo, Nicole. Yo, Rolando. So, growing up, what would you do after school? Like, and this is when you're like a lot younger. Let's before high school, prior to high school. Like, what would be your thing that you do after school? Um, geez, most of the time, if I wasn't outside playing, I'd be inside watching television. More specifically, Nickelodeon. Outside playing, t- outside playing. Like, who are you? I actually had a really vivid imagination, and we oh, loved to play. Oh, my God. All right. That's cool, I guess. Um, I don't think many of our audience members can relate, but... I don't you... think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't allowed to go out and hang out outside growing up because my grandma was convinced that, like, something would happen to us. And she was probably right. And you were also in the city. Statistics like, would know. say otherwise, but... I wasn't yeah. in the... Oh, that's true. I wasn't living in the Bronx, I guess yeah. specifically during this time period. So yeah, grandma. I had a backyard. So. Yeah. Oh no, no, no backyard here. We had a driveway when we moved to Jersey. That that is the extent <laughs> of our backyard. What about you, Eddie? Did you do you have any memories of like after school doing something? Oh, uh, I had like all my cartoon lineups. You did have a cartoon lineup, yeah. also. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same. So I, I also like grew up with bunch. a cartoon lineup, right? And you mentioned Nickelodeon, right? That sounds a little bougie yeah. because. Uh, it's super bougie because Nickelodeon was like you had cable okay yeah maybe that well I also did watch Power Rangers uh, I think when it came on at like 3 or 4 on ABC and a couple of those other shows but then I, yeah I went straight to Nickelodeon Power Rangers was in our market Fox 5 okay Fox 5 oh my yeah. god it's like I don't remember don't the, the network I could tell you straight up so I usually actually watched uh, Channel 11 Mm-hmm. And that would be the Disney lineup. So we're talking Goof Troop. We're talking Darkwing Duck. DuckTales, I don't remember really watching DuckTales that much, but I do remember the theme song, so it was like embedded in me. Uh, and then, of course, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah, I watched none of that. I can't believe And then, yeah, those were, and that was like free. And that was like, you know, not, you didn't need Disney Channel, you didn't need. Nickelodeon. Those were just well. Like, I mean, syndicate. I had a backyard, so of course I also had cable. So that's also but... even more super bougie. So yeah, <laughs> I grew up. I like an urban child, grew up just watching TV, and uh, that was that was a big part of my childhood. And and being in danger of getting kidnapped and not being able to go outside. Oh, yeah. My grandma being afraid. I couldn't even go when I moved to Jersey. I couldn't even go to across the street to my neighbor's house to like visit because. As my grandma would say, no puede ir a casa ajena, which means like, you know. Casa ajena, yes. It's like strangers' houses, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so this is my long-winded way of saying we're covering Chippendales Rescue Rangers. I'm saying Chippendales like the dancers, Chip and Dale. Yeah, yeah. The Rescue Rangers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and uh, if you didn't know, there's a big Disney Plus original film that uh, revived the franchise. So we got you covered, guys. I'm Rolando. And I'm Nicole. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast. About unoriginality. I can't believe this. I think this is the first time in my life I've been accused of being bougie. So thank you for that, Rolando. There is a first for everything. I mean, you were in Powell Park. Like, that's pretty. That's, well, Powell Park grew up now. In Hudson County. Yeah. I mean, back then it was. I mean, when I was growing up, it was very Italian centric. It was very different. Um, But yes. What? I don't. What? But were they still homes with yards? They were homes with yards. Uh, what yeah, are you trying to say about Italians? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, now it's actually become more of a city. You know, ever since we got oh. uh, a huge Korean population, it's kind of like put Palisades Park on the map. So we were like quieter back then. Yeah, I I could see that being the case. I understand that. I mean, yeah. the food that came. Oh, it's, yeah, I miss it to this day. Um, but we're not talking about the amazing Korean food in Palisades Park, New Jersey. We're talking about Chippendale. <laughs> So my earliest memory of Chippendale, because I didn't watch it, obviously you guys have probably more memories than I being fans of Rescue Rangers. Uh, but for me, I have only two memories of Chippendale. Mm. One is meeting them at Disney, and I have a picture of me with them. Did you even know who you were meeting? I must have. I think I was aware of them because I also, my memory of them is I had a, a VHS of like, christmas songs or christmas moments in disney mm -hmm. and there was this skit where mickey mouse and pluto were trying to put up their christmas tree but chippendale were in the tree and they were just messing with them the whole time and oh yeah, pluto yeah. Mad. I actually i do know this one yes 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 and i loved that skit i thought it was so funny and i just you know i'm a big fan of christmas so i loved that video so that's where i knew them uh -huh. i don't know if they were called skits they're just shorts aren't they um some of them were specifically made for the vhs some of them were taken from films i and see Okay. Stuff so. Well, the um, this is unusual, but I can actually give you a little bit of history on Chip and Dale because I did my homework. Oh, look at you! I'm so excited. And I actually did like. I actually so I I liked the Chip and Dale's characters from uh the animated series, right? I never cared mm -hmm. for them, like when they were in like the Disney shorts. Okay. Uh, like I was. They're whack. They're naked. Who who wants that? No, I want Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. And uh, I, I thought they were so cool. I love the mysteries of the TV show and uh, its cast of wacky characters. But Chip and Dale, the characters themselves, they premiered in 1943 uh, in a short called Private Pluto. Uh, wow. And yeah, at the time, they looked identical, right? It wasn't until a little later on where they started getting like distinctive features. So Chip was the dark-nosed one and uh, he was supposed to be like the smarter one and dale would be the red-nosed one he's supposed to be a little bit more aloof a little bit comedy relief guy yes very much comedy relief uh so for surprising they're like quite popular with disney but they only had their own three they only had three cartoons where they were the stars everything else they were just like uh, secondary characters to either Pluto, Donald, and in your case, like you mentioned, Mickey and Pluto, right? Mm. Uh, but generally speaking, they were in Pluto and Donald cartoons. Uh, and it's in 1989 when they reemerged when Chippendales premiered part of the their the Disney afternoon lineup, right? And they got ordered after the success of uh, DuckTales, right? DuckTales was a TV show. It was popular. And uh, as a result, Disney was pro moving on, like, uh, uh, commissioning TV shows. And initially, the creators of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, they wanted to create a show based around the rescuers. So Bianca and Bernard. Uh, however, because Rescuers Down Under was about to come out, Disney wasn't sure how it was going to perform in the box office. They didn't want to commit having a show around uh the rescuers in the event yeah. that the film doesn't do well uh down under was not a success despite the fact that i thought it's better than i think it's better than the original oh okay i think it's much more color the animation is way nicer in the in the in the rescuers down under uh and i think the storyline is cooler uh but anyway so <laughs> the creators kind of created a show around uh, these like kind of woodland creatures solving mysteries. And uh, they had a mouse who was, who would eventually become uh, Chip, but he was like an original character creation. And what happened was Disney decided, it's like, we like this idea, but instead of creating an original character, why don't you look in our library and see if there's a character you can use. So that way we have a little bit of like, you know, brand recognition and uh they picked chip and dale and uh, they reworked it instead of having one main character to have two main characters right and chip is based off of indiana jones right mm -hmm. his design yes. mm -hmm. and uh dale is based off of miami vice no 
Magnum, no? Magnum, Magnum P.I. I was Thank gonna you. say right. Tom Selleck. He looks You're like right. Tom Selleck. Yeah. Tom yeah. Selleck. Magnum yeah. P.I. My bad. Uh, yes. As Which to... fun fact? Actually, Tom Selleck was supposed to be the original Indiana Jones. So I guess. Oh, that's was he? Thing. Oh, I, I didn't yeah. Even he know. got fitted and everything, but then that's he, funny. Contract won't let him. Uh, anyway, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's like a little bit of background of uh, of the Chippendale character and how it, the show got developed. Um and yeah and I mean the show had such a kick-ass theme song right like sometimes some crimes go snipping to the cracks but these two this song is so good gum shoes uh-huh. they're picking up the slack that's uh I mean the song the song is just so good and it's such a good opening yeah. I mean, that's what Disney had back then. Like, that song, uh, the DuckTales theme song is top-notch. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Oh, my God. Darkwing Duck. It had, like, my favorite. That was... I, I like Chip and Dale. Darkwing Ducks, I did prefer. Like, mm, I, okay. I was all about Darkwing Duck. I, am I just saying things to you? Like, you're aware of I think you are right? at this point. You don't yeah. know Darkwing Duck? <laughs> I I know of it. Never watched any of Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck is so good. Darkwing Duck is like Disney. By the time Disney became accessible to me, like all these shows, I didn't care. What are you talking about? Like, but if you were watching Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon had whack programming compared well, to. Well, yeah, but I was Disney watching Nickelodeon Afternoon. before I was like 10. My favorite movie when I was 12 was a black and white movie. So, like, I grew up in terms of my taste relatively quickly. Anyway, <laughs> they're just staring at me right now. Yeah. Like they're just um, flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't even know how to respond. But the show had three seasons, uh, three seasons divided up in like I think two years, right? Nineteen eighty nine and nineteen ninety were the initial runs of the TV show, uh, and it would get syndicated on you know the Disney Afternoon lineup. I think it was also an exclusive to Disney Channel for some time. This mm. is where my uh, my research kind of waned a little, <laughs> oh, guys. Uh, but I don't know. Like the show was super successful. I mean, it, it spawned video games, uh, of which I played, never owned. I rented. Um, mm. Yeah, and uh, lots of merchandising. I had. I I distinctly remember having like a little chip, uh, like stuffed animal. No, I mean they were huge. They were present in Disney World. They were mascots of Disney for a while. And then they just kind of faded. As interesting because you used the word, oh, they reemerged in the 80s. But I think they were when they were first debuted in the 40s and they were a constant companion in these short films. First of all, they were nominated. These f- films that they were in were nominated for uh, Best Short Film at the Academy Awards four years in a row. Wow. So they were quite popular. And that's where I knew them from. You know, like that skit of the Christmas tree is, is more old school Disney. Um, so I think they had somewhat of a successful relationship. So reemerge was that the first time they got rebooted well it's not a reboot per se right because the chippendale are kind of it's hinted that like everything that happened in the past is still canon and that like this is just one of their adventures kind of well they also did meet in high school are we talking about the new film no no no. i'm talking about the actual chippendales the 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 animated series so, so all their adventures that they had in the 1940s and all that stuff, like, that's still their past. This is just, like, their new adventure, like, being detectives. Yeah, so, being Indiana yeah. Jones and Magnum. Peter, right. Yeah. Uh, like, this is just... And so, weirdly enough, right, I didn't know this because, like, back then when I was a child, I didn't know that there was, like, you know, what's canon? There's an order to how you watch TV. Yeah. Uh, I just watched... Because, you know, each episode was, like, a singular story, a singular told story, uh, self-contained. And... I didn't realize this until, you know, rewatching the show now for the podcast, but the original pilot was actually more like a movie, right? It's like five, it's like five episodes divided up. Um, mm. It was sort of like a movie divided up into five episodes. That's kind of is your origin story. And the sh- origins is that like these two mice, they weren't, they didn't fall into crime fighting. Well, they weren't, they didn't initially start off as crime fighters. They kind of fell into it just on their adventures and kind of met the gang and became the rescue rangers as a result. Yeah. I also, I'm pretty sure they're not mice. I'm pretty I'm sure sorry, they're chipmunks. Right. Chipmunks. Yeah. Oh, rodents of some sorts, you know? <laughs> well, there's, there's a mouse already and it's Mickey. So they can't is be anymore. Also a mouse. Her name is Gadget. 
She's a mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gadget is a mouse. As yeah, is so Monterey Jack. Talk to me about some of these characters that they introduced in uh, Rescue Rangers. Okay, so as I mentioned, there was Gadget. She is, I don't know, the techie. I think also, I was as I was watching it, I'm just like, oh, she's on the spectrum. Oh, you really? I didn't know this, obviously, as a kid. But like watching it now, it's very obvious. It's very evident that she hmm. is on the spectrum for you sure. Think so I don't think so. Oh no, she definitely is. If you, especially when I watched the pilot, like she was, uh, the way she had to like verbalize her feelings, mm-hmm. and like because she couldn't express them. Mm. So yeah, Gadget is on the. Are you spectrum. sure she's not just a Capricorn? <laughs> no, and I I was watching a YouTube video. They based her off of this character from an '80s movie. I don't real genius. Even... Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Who also is kind of like on no, the... high high intelligence. Uh, Wait, based on the Val Kilmore character. Which character? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. The Val Kilmer movie is real okay. genius. Yeah. But the girl is who they based her off of. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Her name is Jordan. Who? So you know, that's like this thing. It's like high intellect, high. IQ, you know, low EQ. Poor social skills or... Well, I think this was a common representational thing in in the 70s and 80s of, like, people who were really, really smart, but they didn't know how to, like, talk or express themselves well. I think we've gotten better at representing those things. Um, But Have we? I mean, we have Sheldon still. What's Sheldon? Sheldon... Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Oh, I never watched that show in my life, and I consider oh my myself God. lucky. What? No, that's you missed cute. out. <laughs> I'm not going to say I, I won't lie and say it's like the greatest TV show of all time, but I I think it's watchable. It's very. I funny. always get mad at people when they're just like, "Oh, that show, blah." It's just like it's just not bad. Well, I'll take your word for it, but I mean, I, so I don't know how Sheldon was portrayed, but I don't think it's as commonplace. I think it was more commonplace in like kind of representing people in that certain way back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, personally. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, speaking of back in the day, I love when Disney, because I was watching these on Disney Plus, when they they put the warning being like, back then we did very, very um, culturally insensitive things, and we apologize. But we're yeah. still gonna let you watch this, which I respect. I do respect that that methodology. Uh, but in the pilot episode, like the depiction of the Siamese cats is just as problematic as Lady the Tramps. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. So uh, when so I was watching the pilot, I was just like, "Oh, why are they putting this? Like, I don't remember anything being like fishy." Like, oh, there it is. Okay, my goodness. I will say that uh, when I was watching this, both the the TV show and the movie. Gadget is voiced by one of my all-time favorite voice actors, so I was just very pleased to hear her in there. Her name is Tress McNally, and I mean, she's pretty much been in everything, but I love her from her work on The Simpsons and Futurama, mm. um, where she's mom, and um, I mean, she's just so many characters in, in the Futurama, and, and then she oh. plays a lot of, like, oh, the sweet mom? old lady and Mrs. The Skinner. old lady? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was saying, like, mom. Who's mom? Okay. That's like right. the, the yeah. evil. <clears throat> the conglomerate. The conglomerate. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. She's a good character. Uh-huh. She's oh, done work. Yeah, she's done work in um, The Land Before Time and, and Rugrats, and she's just kind of everywhere. So if you really listen out for her, you'll be able to hear her. So, like, I... Again, she's, I love her the voice work that she does, so it was just such a joy to hear her. I I t- was like, I have I told voice. you my Land Before Time story? On the po- have Tell I said me it now. on the podcast? Uh, I don't think so. so. Wait, save it for Jurassic World. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's probably a better one to save it for. Yeah. So, guys, stay tuned for Jurassic World. I have, like, the dumbest story of uh, my experiences with Land Before Time, though. <laughs> dumbest, a.k.a. super, super great story. So I think it's a it's good story. But it, <laughs> so, stay tuned for that one. Um, okay, yeah. Monterey so that, Jack. Monterey Jack, who he was, like, an explorer. He, he has a... Uh, uh, a fly friend named Zipper. Zip, mm, right? Yep. Zipper? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the house fly. The house fly. So, interestingly enough, originally, Zipper was supposed to be, like, the companion to the main character. However, mm-hmm. because Chippendale came as a package, the creators felt it'd be weird to also introduce his fly yeah. as, like, part of the crew. So, like, they tied him up that with Monterey Jack. Monterey Jack, explorer. Uh, he has a mustache. He's obsessed with cheese. Right, he goes crazy anytime there's cheese around. That's usually those hijinks will create problems for the rescue rangers. Interesting. Okay. And uh, yeah, zip, zip or zipper. He's like the heart, 
doesn't say anything. He just flies around, you know. Just well, he, he does speak, but Ma- but Monty like Monty's the only one that understands him. He speaks. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. other oh, insects exactly. understand him too. And later on in the episodes, he begins introducing like more words in his vocabulary that people can understand. Interesting. Yeah. See. Wow. So did you guys watch a lot of these episodes? Um, yeah. Like, can you recall most of them when I'm looking? I don't know back if I can recall most because there were a lot. But okay. I do recall the theme song. I recall like just some episodes. Like I, uh, I remember I had the episode on VHS with uh, there was like a superhero dog, and uh, Chip Dale was like obsessed with his TV show, and Fat Cat kidnaps a dog and tries to tarnish his name. Uh, oh wow! And this is where Dale also re- realizes that like this Hollywood dog isn't like really a superhero. But they kind of teach him to like be. More than just like you know, a Frady cat, I guess that was like a weird summary of this episode, but it was a good episode. I used to have that one on VHS. Uh, there was also a real good episode with uh, uh a cult, it was like a cola cult. Oh, wow! Uh, this, yeah, uh, bonkers. What else? There were uh, and then the pilot, the pilot was a five part episode that I just rewatched and stuff. I, I could yeah. tell you bits and pieces, like I could tell you some of the characters that were there. Like, there was like this evil genius who had like a he was like a ginger, mm. right? I don't remember his name, but he was like a villain, a regular villain to the Rescue Rangers. But their main antagonist was usually Fat Cat. Fat Cat. I love that. Fat Cat. <laughs> so what what character did you um, resonate the most with? Did you Me, have one? Yeah, mine was always Chip. The Indiana Jones one. Yeah. And my sister mm. preferred Dale, and I was just like, ill. Why? Uh <laughs> Eddie, why did you like Chip? What was it? About I don't know. Chip? He just seemed cooler, like the leather jacket and uh, the hat. The Indiana Jones vibe is yeah. definitely cooler. It yeah. just seemed cooler. He was also smarter, right? And he was he usually and he doesn't want to be that. Yeah. He seemed to call the shots usually. Mm. Yeah, um, from what I saw, I definitely also did like Chip more. But I was like, but I'm probably more the Dale in real life, which is why I like Chip more. Eddie, did you have one? No, I love Gadget. She was my oh, favorite. Yeah, okay. she's my favorite. Nice. There yeah. you go. What episodes did you see, Nicole? I I saw the the pilot, the official pilot. There's a five parter. Yes. Okay. And your the, thoughts? The big one. I thought it was perfectly fine. I didn't though really feel like I got this big sense of the show. Um, like all of the character relationships mm-hmm. just kind of didn't really pop out to me. That makes sense. Um, I mean, it's a pilot, right? They're introducing. They were. It's weird because this one is smack in the middle of the of the first season on Disney Plus. And that's yeah. How, so that's how they aired, right? Uh, which means the pilot isn't what people saw first. People saw like their actual episodes first. Yeah, and uh, that was actually kind of common back then. Yeah, like I weird, mean, there was yeah. no real order, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. So that makes sense. So the pilot would not really introduce. You wouldn't know the characters well from the pilot because Chip and Dale are the stars, and like you're revolving around all these other characters, including some ones that you'll never see again, like Plato the dog. Yeah, Plato. <laughs> you know, which was not a, Pluto. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I also was at a bit of a, um, I suppose, disadvantage because I actually pulled a Rolando for this and I watched it after I saw oh. the film Rescue Rangers. So, which okay. I watched while I was sick in bed with COVID. So, so, so I just want to point this out. Um, if you did not see Chippendales Rescue Rangers growing up. And you decide, I'm going to watch this movie. You, you're you not going to be put in a hindrance. Because I think they did a really good job of making this movie approachable. Yeah. So I think, well, let's just get into it. Let's just talk about the new yeah. movie. Yeah. I was trying to think of how I could sum it up. It's like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit yeah. meets, like, Space Jam or something. Like, I, I think that's fair. I think yeah. that's, I mean, Space Jam, New Legacy Wishes. Yeah, well, no, we're, I didn't say new legacy, and I ain't gonna. Um, <laughs> no. I, I, like what those like whoever grew up watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit in theaters or something, or who who watched Space Jam. I can't think of an equivalent since 1996, but this is kind of kind. I think this is gonna be that for like 
younger people right um, who are interested in watching this at least so. yeah yeah uh, too bad they can't see it at the theater but whatever i know so you know i know we just did a tiktok where we were making fun of the fact that i don't like going to the theaters however uh-huh. this is a movie that i actually would have been okay seeing in the movie theater Yes. Well, so, I mean, all movie experiences are different, but I have a special place in my heart for comedy. I really just love watching comedies and laughing with strangers, like having this thing where we're all enjoying something together. Mm. And it would have been really nice to to vibe off of what other people were finding funny and charming. Um, That's a big reason why I wanted to watch it in the theater. Why did you want to watch it in the theater? It just seemed fun. It just seemed okay. like a fun movie that I would just enjoy seeing because there were so many references. Yeah, a lot. Right? And I think part of the joy of watching it in a theater is if you miss it, you missed it, right? And I think not. I think there were so many references that like me and Eddie kept pausing and rewinding. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like look, just at, like, look oh, at this poster look in the background. Look at, look at this, that, right? Look at that. Which changes yeah. the entire movie yeah. experience, right? I, I. Uh, this is also part of the reason why, though, low key, I do like watching movies at home because I get to do that and like you know appreciate these little jokes that were slid in there right like Eddie caught the uh the Harry Potter character Dobby in the background the Calvin Klein ad right and he made me rewind I didn't see that I I had missed it too so funny and it's he so it's it's Dobby in like a Gucci like window ad you know what I mean wow it's a Calvin Klein no, it wasn't. A, it was Gucci. He was, it was Gucci. Okay. He was wearing like a Gucci. It was like a Gucci logo underneath. He was like modeling their clothes. Uh, <laughs> wow, I gotta go back and see that. So yeah, so this movie um, has so many references, and it's easy to miss them. But I think that is part of the fun of watching it on a big screen. It's just like mm. you could like absorb more of it. I feel like. Yes, yes. I mean, compared like I, I was sick in bed, so I watched it on my little forty-two mm. inch TV. So I definitely missed all those little things. Yes, yes. Um, so, but. I guess we should give a little bit of background on this. Uh, yeah, well, that's why I say Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Space Jam, because this is along those lines in where um, cartoons live amongst us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. They don't they're not they're actually real living beings. <laughs> they're not human beings, but they they live in the same world that we live and they they live beside us, essentially. So in this movie, Chip and Dale are real people or not people, but real chipmunks. characters. Yeah, they're real characters who, at some point, I'm gonna say maybe in the 70s or 80s, were both attending high school and they gravitated to each other because they were both kind of the misfits. They were both chipmunks, and they developed such a close friendship but creative relationship, and it catapulted them into stardom. And that's when they got their show, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. So it definitely ignores all their 1940s stuff. It does, right? Um, like which is fine, or it doesn't, because like I think. Oh, no, I guess it does because, like, we don't get, like, their history with, like, Disney. We just get that they, they you know, they went into acting, doing, like, these little gigs, like, when they were in Full House, for example, right? Like, yes, this random little, little <laughs> see, you know, moment that I, yeah, that's what I loved about this movie. What you just said is, like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, yeah, but it's, yeah. like, fucking stupid in, like, the funniest way possible, right? Yeah, that's I'm, like, just... smiling when I yeah, say exactly. that. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, um. And yeah, yeah, and then they go off to become rescue rangers, and uh, Dale decides he wants he's kind of tired of being like the dumb one or like second fiddle to Chip, and tries to branch out on his own. Ultimately, breaking the success of the rescue rangers, and the movie really picks up after their careers have kind of all hit, like kind of uh, you know they they're kind of in arrested development. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chip is an insurance salesman and Dale relives the former glory days by attending cons and signing autographs and stuff. And he recognizes that he would have more pull if he was able to bring Chip along for the ride. But Chip and Dale have had a falling off. And he's gotten essentially his version of plastic surgery. (coughs) Yes, that's right. Where he's no longer in just two-dimensional cartoon form. He's now like three-dimensional CGI. Like the chipmunks. Um, uh, like, Alvin and like the Alvin and the Chipmunks, right. yeah. So, but but Chip is not. So the whole movie, when they're together, there will be this two dimensional cartoon character playing against a CGI three dimensional one. And um, those adorable squeaky voices that we grew to love as children are not there anymore. Now, yeah, they're played by John Mulaney, who plays Chip, 
and Andy Samberg, who plays Dale, who, upon hearing upon uh, upon hearing of their casting, I was initially just like, um, what? I don't, I, I can't get behind. This is weird, right? Like, how are they supposed to be Chip and Dale? I'm shocked to say by the end of this, I was just like, I love them. I thought they were great. Yeah, so this is how out of it I am in certain things. I don't really, I know of John Mulaney, but I've never watched a comedy special of him. Didn't see like any Saturday Night Live performances mm-hmm. or or listen to any podcast that he's been on. So I don't really know his comedy style. Just so I guess this was a introduction. I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. That's but fine. This was like an introduction to John Mulaney for me. And, you know, it was kind of one note. I'll say that. I don't know if that's his whole shtick. John Mulaney he's, is... He's like a curmudgeon or something. Kind but, of, yeah, um, I mean, he's so good as Andrew Globerman on... Uh, on oh, what's that show? Uh, the Hormone Show. Big Mouth on Netflix. Mm, he, yeah, I never he plays, watched that he plays, Oh, my God. That show's also top-notch. And uh, But, yeah, he is kind of like that kind of uh, complainy... You know, John Complainy, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm just I'm too busy watching old 50s, 60s movies, so I don't watch this stuff. But when I do, and I'm finally in the loop, I'm like, oh, so this is who everyone thinks is hilarious. Now I should probably see his stand up. Yeah, uh, I, I, in I that like, respect, like stand up. But so I was expecting to like Chip more because I liked Chip. Well, no, actually, it was the other way around because I did watch uh, the original Rescue Rangers second, but. I didn't really like the Chip character because he was just so complaining and such a downer the whole fucking movie. But and he wasn't funny. I thought Andy Samberg was funny, mm-hmm. and that what he did with Dale was more interesting and more different um, so, than that. So okay. that's my initial thing. Interesting because I felt well, no, I liked Andy Samberg as as Dale. I thought he was great. But I the reason I loved John Mulaney's complaininess and whininess in chip's character is because the trajectory of the character he would be like i i i relate to chip right like you're in this situation you don't want to be in this situation and you hate every moment of it or there's just such great i mean he has great comedic timing as being like kind of very uh you know when he's over it one of the best ones is when uh they reveal there's like a big twist in the film as who the bad guy is and he's just like oh my god chip was right Ugh, (laughs) you know like he's so grossed out by how predictable the plot was and he just like reflects it in his voice he's so i think he's such a good character actor granted the character is very well no i don't disagree with you but i think it was seeing it seeing that voice in chip's body worked for me because it's not the chip i grew up with who was one of my favorite characters it's a new it's like it's like chip with a chip on his shoulder you know <laughs> yeah oh how fitting are we sure Chip's not a Capricorn? Like, that's just what he sounds like. John Mulaney um, might be a Capricorn. <laughs> oh, this is true. I wonder if he is. Let's see. Uh, but yes. He's not. He's a Virgo. Same so thing. the film really follows the story of Dale trying to rekindle his friendship with Chip while at the same time trying to save Monterey Jack, who's been kidnapped by a gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the gang's plot is that they kidnap characters who fall into debt to them. And then use them to create bootleg versions of movies. So uh, the little fish girl, I think, was one of the, the ones that Flounder got in, into. Yeah. Yeah. Which was the like little, the little yeah. mermaid. Yeah. Uh, again, what there was, they give you like this entire montage of like the the process to become a bootleg, and it's so fucking dumb. But it was. Yeah. I was. Well, it's also so dated, but I didn't mind it because I'm like nobody watches like these kind of bizarre ripoffs that you would find in like cheap DVDs on like the side of the road or something. So that's so interesting. You should say that because I actually just, I, not that long ago, I was watching a YouTube that, that market is still big. Really? Yeah. The bootleg market, the direct to video market, the direct to video bootleg market. Like I I remember on the red box, for example, like transmorphers, Oh, when transformers came out. Right. And like a lot of the, like their success is really just grandmas picking those movies by accident. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> you know, and bringing it to their kids, which related to my Land Before Time story. Oh wow! Uh, were you told you would be watching Jurassic Park? <laughs> I won't tell you right now as to what happens. So, no, oh, so many guesses. I have. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's 
that's actually kind of hilarious because I always thought that that was just kind of like a porno thing where they would like, you know, take uh, the little mermaid or something, you know, and then be like the not so little mermaid and right. then just make it a porn. That's become is... like a trend again, I think in pornography. Has and it? Definitely definitely in gay porn, like the gay porn parodies, a parody. Mm. Yeah, they and they're good. Like, so yeah, I guess that is the difference. They're well is that done. These are straight up parodies while these are films that are really trying to pretend to be mm-hmm. Either the Little Mermaid or something. Yes. Well, okay, look at that again. Something else I I didn't know was happening right beneath mm-hmm. my nose. Uh, yeah. So, so the whole thing becomes kind of like a Chippendale Rescue Rangers original TV show uh, mystery, right? To the point where they're even like the mystery of they Monty had Jack. the missing Monty or something. I don't remember, but I do. Yes, I know what you mean. Like they they gave you like a title for the would be episode. Yeah. And it kind of, like, the script works to, like, the audience's advantage where it becomes incredibly tropey and somewhat predictable. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, they befriend this girl who works for the LAPD or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's played by uh, Kiki Lane as Ellie Stickler. And they just plant all these things where it's like, oh, she might be the, the person who's in on it and the bad guy and the bad guy. And you're with Chip, too, who Chip's like, I don't know. Ellie didn't know any of our shows, and Ellie's never been here, and blah, blah, blah. And then towards the end, they kind of flip that in a really, I thought, effective and funny way. Yep. Um, before we get there, though, they interact with so many characters before they even get there, right? So we start off with the con, where Dale's at a con, and he's trying to get people to care oh, about him right, and right, sign right, autographs. Right. And immediately we meet. Ugly Sonic, which yes. apparently I didn't know was a thing. Oh, wait, you don't know? Oh, yeah. You don't know the Ugly yeah. Sonic story? No. You wanna... I know that they like they they came up with the design of Sonic first and people were so outraged over it that they had to redesign him. Mm-hmm. But I guess it became like a meme where it was like Ugly Sonic. So, uh, no, I don't think anyone calls him Ugly Sonic. They call him Ugly Sonic in the movie because it falls under parody laws and mm. therefore Disney can't get sued because this is obviously a parody of Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Right? But uh but yeah, so Sonic Ugly Sonic is for anyone who knows or doesn't know. Uh Ugly Sonic was like the original design for Sonic the Hedgehog when the movie came out and it really really just upset a lot of people myself included. I was just like this ill, gross. And event people just took to Twitter and just harassed the shit out of the studio. And the studio caved and redesigned Sonic to look like more so the character that we grew up with. And uh, it worked. Like, you know, like the movie it even spawned a sequel, for example. I haven't seen them yet. I do plan on watching them one day. I wanted to cover it for the podcast, but we might have been on break or something. Oh, would that qualify as a remake or a reboot? Uh, a or? reboot because Sonic was on TV prior. I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Okay. I, I think it that. was. I want to say it was during COVID. I could be mistaken, but I want to say... It was in April, so... I think... I'm pretty sure it was during COVID, so that's why we might have just, like, not... Maybe, yeah. We were depressed. (laughs) (laughs) It got us this time. Uh, Yeah, they also uh, meet Lumiere. I think Tigra was one of the people who also had a booth at Con. Yes. At the Cartoon Con or whatever. Yeah, Tigra. Yeah, I don't... I wasn't familiar with her. I wasn't Um, either. So I thought Tigra was from the She... She... You thought she was a Thundercat or something? Uh, either a Thundercat or from she, She-Ra. Okay. That's who I thought it was, but it turns out she is an Avenger. Yes. Yeah. Avenger. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, While trying to get information, they go to this cheese guy called Bjornsson, the cheesemonger, the cheesemonger, who I thought was like supposed to be the Swedish chef from yes. the Muppets. Yes, I think that's exactly who it was supposed uh, to be. Because especially at the end when he's like, you know, playing his part again, he starts doing the whole Swedish chef thing. And I was kind of bummed because Disney owns the Muppets. So why couldn't they just do Swedish chef? My, uh, I assume it's just because he would have clearly been a like a villainous character. Yeah, they didn't want to uh, taint yeah. his beautiful image. So. Yeah, like they were very careful. Like if it were, they usually were either original characters or characters that didn't have a... Like, oh, all right. Spoiler, guys. Peter Pan. Interesting character to bring in as, like, the main antagonist for the film, right? Uh, What a tragic backstory. Do you know how they developed this backstory? Or at least the 
reason as to why they got this backstory specifically for Peter Pan. Why? Because the child actor who voiced Peter Pan, who played Peter Pan, played Peter Pan. Yeah, live action. Peter oh, Pan. played Peter Pan live action. Uh, he was like, you know how Disney used to have contracts with actors. The moment he aged out, Disney discarded him like he's trash, and he mm. went. He got depressed, fell into hard drugs, committed suicide at age thirty-one. Right? He had a pretty tragic uh, life. This kid who played Peter Pan, that was a Disney contracted actor, and I thought the fact that I thought it was pretty ballsy of these writers to use that as like kind of your catalyst is like why why use Peter Pan? Right? It's too coincidental to not be intentional. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so in this version of Peter Pan, Peter Pan grew up and he is starting a bootleg empire because just like the actor was discarded, Disney kind of discarded Peter Pan because he kind of got aged out. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely the clever thing where everyone either was very familiar with someone or if they were in their like usual form, like Lumiere they were there for like two seconds mm-hmm. or, you know, like flounder became flounder, right. victim, a victim. Um, yeah. I think that the other characters are kind of like the, the chief of police. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be Gumby, but he's not quite Gumby. Right. I, I don't know who owns the rights to Gumby, but yeah, me neither. I, I actually like that character. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Well, J.K. Simmons, you know, like he's in everything, but I was also like, he's kind of perfect for this. Role. He was really good as the, yeah. the chief of police here. Yeah. Yeah. Especially towards the end. Oh, my God. Um, that ending was like, again, spoiler, guys. I hate to say this, but like the action sequence between Kiki, the actress and like the, the Gumby type figure. That was such a well executed like action sequence. Yeah. Like I thought they did a really good job. And it was just crazy, uh, the voice acting and everything. It was just, it was actually really funny. It was like, oh, this is doing this. I appreciate this. They go to Uncanny Valley, which was also a funny part, uh, where all the people who who live in Uncanny Valley don't quite look right. Right. Like, <laughs> They're like the disturbed uncanny. cartoons. Uh-huh. I love uh-huh. the cats. The cats. Yeah, the that cat. was great. I was like, wow, what a stab. <laughs> yeah. What a fresh wound. That, yeah, um, so fresh. Uh, and Seth Rogen's character. Seth Rogen's character. Seth Rogen's character. Yeah. Yeah. Who couldn't. Who's like, I am looking at you. And he's, mm-hmm. he's just looking straight like a video game character. Yeah. F- funny stuff. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of all the other references in I mean, there. But... The, the Coca-Cola polar bear. As like a oh. henchman. That's what he was, the Coca-Cola that's who, So that's who he was that's supposed great. to be. Yeah, like, I don't know if they had the rights. They never referred to him as a Coca-Cola beer. But they did have, they made a reference to Coke as, like, a uh, 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 non-brand specific uh, cola, right? Because you, you know go. that Jinx buy me a Coke. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, this movie, I thought, so this movie is so referential that, like, some might argue that that is kind of a crutch that this film uses. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Okay, I won't disagree with this. However, I think the references are so funny and so wacky that, like, it's forgivable in my opinion. Like, this movie is no Roger Rabbit, right? It harkens to Roger Rabbit, but Roger Rabbit was still, I would say that is still the smarter film. But this is still, I, I thought, but this was a thoroughly enjoyable popcorn movie. Like, this was, it was, the references were coming fast and furious, mm-hmm. like the babies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that ad. <laughs> yes, I uh, did. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, I think the references. Yeah, I could, I could see how they could be a crutch. But thank God, overall though, the movie gave me like an interesting plot too to kind of like follow along and like enjoy. Like there was a mystery behind this, and not just a mystery, but kind of, you know, I think Peter Pan, for example, is kind of a tragic character that they kind of fleshed yeah. out a little, which I was yeah. shocked. Yeah. He was also voiced by Will Arnett, who we just did him for Murder I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad that you got a little bit of a comeback on our podcast here. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, the, the mystery was actually pretty good. You know, at first it was like, oh, are they just making this predictable? And then they were like, oh, let's add a little twist at the end. Mm hmm. And then they actually did something with Chippendale's relationship. And I will say that despite all of these many references and characters that they throw out there, the times that I felt were the funniest were actually between Chippendale. Yes. And not like any of these references that they throw in just because they can. Uh, There was this one part where they they actually 
bonded again and they they butt heads together and they succeeded or whatever they did like a great job overcoming maybe the lizard or some mm-hmm. character the snake yeah the snake the and they're like snake. the hip-hop yeah so stupid <laughs> i don't love whales or whatever that was that was their song um, that we couldn't rap yeah yeah which was also quite funny uh but they were like oh, i can't believe we did it oh, you said the same thing i said oh, and they kept doing that for like two minutes I thought that was actually fucking hilarious. Yes, yes. And I thought that overall, like the script knew, you know, okay, now it's time for there to be like a cool reference or something. But then they were like, now we're going to actually like build these characters and make a humor moment out of it. That's Mm -hmm. also going to like strengthen their relationship. It was funny and it felt organic. And it also like was adding to the relationship. So the script was written by Dan Greger and Doug Band. Um, I don't know if they're members of the Lonely Island. I think I only know of Andy Samberg and Akiva Schaefer as being two members of it. Yeah, one of the actors who also did like a, uh, I think he did another cameo. It's the third member. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know but name, not but one of the writers. He's not. No, the writers actually. The, okay, so I looked up the writers and mm-hmm. uh, the writers. The other film of theirs that we covered very recently was Doolittle. Oh. Yeah, can you believe? What a nice comeback for them. A huge comeback because this you could not if you if I didn't know that and you gave me these two scripts you'd be like, are they the same writer? I'd be like, absolutely not. No way. Wow. Yeah. And because this one felt like this one felt fresh. This one felt like a very so this is like a kind of movie that like as an adult, if I had a kid, would enjoy the kid would enjoy this movie because it's like fun. Mm-hmm. But like me as the adult seeing all these references it's just like it's also speaking to me right and i think that's uh, that's like a qual that's like a good maker for a good film um but yeah so they are they did do little and uh they're also tapped in to do a grumpy old men movie oh that's yeah. gonna be a remake it is and also rookie of the year oh god yeah really? can you be- yeah so like uh i can't like these the version of rookie yeah, well, Disney, uh, 20th Century Fox owns Rookie of the Year, and so I think that they're going to... Disney owns them now, but they're proceeding with, like, a Rookie of the Year remake, which I don't know. Wow. Who needs that? I no, who who the <laughs> fuck needs that? Sometimes <laughs> Disney does things. It's like, really? Right. Do people ask for cheaper by the dozen? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good for them. We should make a, an award at the end of the year for best comeback. <laughs> yeah, right. Because Will Arnett, kind of... Another might, contender. He's a contender here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think in terms of there were other references that I wanted to bring up real quick. Well, at the end, they get the gang back together. They do get the gang back together. Um, and and to save so Monty to save Monty. So Monty's in the beginning, and then he comes back at the end. That's like the whole kind of like you know catalyst for this is that they need to save Monty. He was dumboed. Actually, he was dumboed. Yes. <laughs> uh, and they get gadget, and what was the other guy's uh, name zip zipper? zipper zipper together so they did something with those two characters they did so the original voice actors came back she replaced yes, her Tress role mcnally mm-hmm. and they had a different actor completely play the role of uh chip they gave her like a very sexy uh i think voice. that's dennis Haysburst, who i don't know who, who does is. like the all-state commercials yes. oh yes, yes that's yes. right okay yeah he was he, in tw- he was a president he was the president well, in 24. And, yeah. Yeah. So he um, did the voice of Zipper. Again, how fucking wacky was that? And it, again, it, it worked. Also, isn't it weird that, like, the mouse and the fly had babies? Eddie called it out too. And I was just like, I, it's the cartoons, but it is so freaky. It is. So I guess that would be my only big qualm I have, which is I was totally, like, grateful that there was no love story to, uh, be part of the Chippendale story. It was a friendship story. We don't need a love story. Yes. But why... Well, you could argue this was a love story, but... You could argue. Not well, a romantic love, but a very yeah. much a love story. This was a platonic love story. Um, but we, it... we bring back Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> they both didn't, like, end up with any girls. It's. I mean, I... Yeah. They definitely played it, like, as a, uh ex-gay couple... You know, yeah, kind of. Like, you know? I mean, I I like it when people don't end up with anybody because it's not always about that. Well, but well, I mean, um, one one single raising a hum- a dog, and the other one is working at the actual Chippendales. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's the gayest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Working at Chippendales, but when we bring back Gadget, 
she might not be tied to Chip or Dale, but of course she's married. Of course, one of these guys that she worked with, she had to marry and settle down with. They just picked the most random one, which was the the fly. Right. But it's like, did she, did they have to get married? Did that was that something we needed to see? Was that somebody something that anyone was hoping for? Uh, and it's just my only qualm is that they always have to do that for the women characters. It's like, well, what did she do with the rest of her life? Well, obviously she got married and had, and had babies. Kids, lots of kids. I think like twenty yeah. something. That's uh, what women do. It's just yeah, but so she's not the stay. She's not. She's not um, Zipper's the stay-at-home dad. He's raising the kids. Yeah, I I still was well, just like inventing. rolling my eyes at it. I was. Like, I mean, I don't I don't disagree, and I I didn't think about that because I was watching obviously Chip and Dale, not gadgets. Right, uh, but we get a female character other than Kiki Lane thrown in there, and that's what happens with her. So I was just fair. I think that, I think it's a fair. I think it's a valid observation that I didn't think about. That obviously, I'm just I'm excited for when that doesn't happen. Sure, because I've been waiting a long time for that. Uh, speaking of Kiki Lane, what did we think of her performance? I thought she was wonderful. I thought she was sweet. I thought she I thought she brought a nice balance. She brought a nice balance to all the ridiculousness of this film. It's okay. And that's what I kind I, I really appreciated of her. I thought so. I thought she was a bad guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. They definitely set like, that up. Pretty like they well. got they 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 red herring the shit out of me because I fell for it. I was just like, yeah, no, Chip is right. Mm-hmm. She's clearly a villain. Yeah. Oh, uh, she's gonna be I like think... a femme fatale at the end. <laughs> I mean, your word "wonderful" is very generous. I wouldn't say she was wonderful, but she was good. I, I mean, I thought she was I, cute. After I, we found out that she wasn't the villain, I was like, okay, I could deal with this character more. <laughs> um, uh, I think the real star was Captain Putty at the end for me. I was just like, this is awesome. Oh, when he, when yeah. he goes old Terminator 2. That was oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, that was great. And just the random shit he was saying, okay, now you you die. Bye-bye. Like all this just going fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, he was good. Uh, well, for me, I, I there was one. Uh, there was one they, they brought in a de-aged Paula Abdul. With uh, MC Scat Cat, do you remember that? They were oh, DJing. No. They were DJing. They were DJing. So they were DJing that? like one of the the parties in early that, yeah. in the, uh, Rob, in the Roger movie. Rabbit was dancing. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm oh doing my the gosh. Roger and, Rabbit. Oh, with I Roger remember Rabbit. that. Yeah, but so, Paul like, Abdul was there. Paul Abdul yeah. was dancing with MC Scat Cat, and it was so you know who MC Scat Cat is, right? They were DJing though. They were DJing. I thought they were dancing together. No, they were DJing. Does, wait, hang on. Does Nicole knew who MC Scat Cat is? No, of course I don't. Okay. Oh, my God. MC Scat Cat is the character that was created for the We Take Two Steps Forward, Opposites and Track video, and Two Steps Back. I think I will. In that video, she dances with a cat, like an animated cat, MC Scat Cat. And uh, that's they brought it back for this. Again, absurd callback that no one needed. But when I saw it, I was just like laughing hysterically. Also, another random. This movie's all about references, guys. Like, But random one who no one ever talks about. They had a bonkers the Bobcat. Oh, you didn't watch Disney growing up, so you don't know who that is. Either. But the, the that's listeners, a, might, that's a deep so. cut. Uh, bonkers yeah. the Bobcat when they brought him back. Uh, so yeah, no, this movie had so much going on for it, and I think, I mean, talk about me. I guess this is when I realized, like, gotta have a short attention span because, like, they got me. They got me. It was like, it was like watching a well plotted Family Guy episode. <laughs> Oh God! You know, no, because Family Guy is all about those references. Uh, but they were so—I thought they were so cute and quirky in this movie that they worked for me. I, I, you know, I'm—I'm I'm fully aware of the tricks this film used to get me and to make me entertained. But I think overall, I think they did such a good job because I—I I actually did like Chip and Dale's characters. Uh played by John Mulaney and I think Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I felt their relationship. I felt John Mulaney's frustrations with Dale, played by Andy Samberg. And I also, but I think Andy Samberg, I think he might have been a little better because he really portrayed that kind of like aloofness, like that not realizing the hurt he caused his friend. Yeah, and thinking yeah. that everything's okay, right? Or at least being so delusional, so delusional that you refuse to see the pain that you cause your friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, and who would have known Chip and Dale were just so full of insecurities and and self doubt? You mm-hmm. know, just like the rest of us are. 
I, I mean, this movie, if you watch the trailer, you already know what the movie's going to be in store for. So it's kind of crazy if you watch it and complain about all the references, because that's kind of why you came, I would mm-hmm. at least assume. So I had no problems with any of that. And I guess I was expecting something of the film, and the film did somewhat surprise me. Because I was like, oh, well, it's just going to be references and predictability. And like, it was a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, like, and and I vocalized the biggest problems that I had with it, um. But overall, like, I I feel like I would just be the biggest asshole if I were to be like, this movie sucks, because <laughs> it's also just meant to be like, silly, fun and silly, and yeah. like not it's not taking itself seriously, mm-hmm. and it just wants to have a good time with you and take you down memory lane in its own weird way, right? Um. And this is totally meant for... So we usually ask this question, actually, before I say who I think it's totally meant for. We kind of stopped asking this question, but I'm going to now ask you, Rolando, who is this film made for? I think it's made for people who grew up with Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, but want to share it with their kids. I, I could... Yeah. yeah. I No, I completely agree. I think this film's made for millennials. Yeah. I think we grew up watching the films like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Space Jam. And I think that's very, like, something that we as a generation crave. I don't mm-hmm. think Gen Z craves this or anything. Um, but And we also are, I think, the generation that really cherishes what we grew up on, mm-hmm. which is why there's such a huge market for it now because we're of the age to be the main consumers of all these mm-hmm. remakes, reboots, and revivals. Right. And yes, we are very, I mean, most generations are, but I think millennials kind of take the cake with, you know, kind of wanting to pass down what they love so much to other people, mainly their children. Yeah. Um. So, I, yeah. I, I agree. I, yeah. It's interesting, right? Because I will give Disney Studios this. They took risks that you don't expect from Disney. Okay. In this movie, they weren't like the biggest risks, but they took some calculated risk. I think like making Peter Pan a villain was a risky move. They could have amplified it, like you said, with like the Swedish chef, for example. Like they could have made him a bad guy. And I don't think I think we would have understood that this is just for this movie, not the Swedish chef himself. Uh, and it's crazy. I think the other this is now this is not a critique of Disney in general, but like mm-hmm. how much IP they own and they can do this kind of stuff with. Without needing to reach out to like other studios and yeah. stuff is kind yeah. of it's crazy how much IP they own yeah. and they're doing rookie of the year. It's not a it's like... not a good thing. Like this is like you know the reason Roger Rabbit was able is also like such a big deal is because Disney had to work out a deal with Warner Brothers that their main characters like Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny will share the same amount of screen time. Uh, not one will have more than the other, right? And mm-hmm. they had to, like, this was, like, ironclad contracts that they had. Disney, because of its, when it bought up Marvel, Pixar, and uh, uh, 20th Century Fox, like... And Star Wars. Yeah. And Star Wars. I, I didn't... Oh, wait, no, there were Star Wars references, yeah. They don't need to do that. They can just, like, all right, we're going to pluck you and just have you in this, in this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's problematic, for sure. But yeah. I got a I got a decent movie out of it, so whatever. <laughs> well, you know, but like back in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, there was no way of seeing Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny in the same screen like that ever before. Right. Like the whole like dueling pianos and stuff. It's so different now with streaming and with the fact that like all these companies have either bought each other or they've they've done like either commercials or something, like where everything's just so accessible. Is that something that is as wow as it was when like who framed Roger Rabbit came out in 1989, I believe, um, you know, a full 30 something years later, like has that lost its magic? This film is very much trying to access the magic of that. Now, would you say this film? It's like, Oh yeah, no, I felt that kind of magic or it was just funny. And I, it was kind of ironic. It was kind of, uh, sarcastic, you know, it was more like where we are now as a generation. Not yeah, like where Roger Rabbit was. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's interesting how much things have changed and yet somewhat things have stayed the same. I mean, it gave me things from obviously the catalog that Disney doesn't own. So, for example, one of the dumbest moments in the movie was E.T. versus Batman, right? <laughs> yeah. And when yeah. they show you a clip of it, right? Like E.T. 
I think what does he say? Thank you or something? No, no, no. Do you remember? Et forgive bat. E- and then just they cut to Batman. He's, just <laughs> he's like, like, fine, fine. Like it's just, like, <laughs> so, just so fucking dumb. And yeah. then of course, like Chip is watching this movie crying with his dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I. So to your point, though, like it, this movie did that, but it did it in a funny way without necessarily being like uh, the joke itself was the circumstances around the IP, not the fact that these two IPs are coming together for this property. Yeah, yeah. Which I think was maybe what Space Jam and New Legacy was going more for, but they also were going more for like the magical world of Warner Brothers. Right. Where You're, I don't yes. think they were saying the magical world of Disney owned properties in this one. Yeah, no, they were just they were just Yeah, you're right. Like Yeah. It was more I like think, the ludicrousness of pop culture and, and stuff. Yeah. Because uh Space Jam was very transparent in the fact that it was just like look at WB's catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. this one they were trying to they were figuring out jokes that were funny or absolutely bonkers that we could feature them in this movie. But I, mm-hmm. do you think also it's making fun of the sense of like now now we've introduced Marvel's multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. So now you can do all these other things you could put characters together that would never have um been together before within uh within this marvel universe and now so the multiverse so you have this this idea of like uh, now we're like we're remaking we're reviving we're rebooting everything but then you have the dark side of all that which is the bootleg mm-hmm. you know that's like the dark side of those things well if there's any studio who would hate bootlegs it would be disney Absolutely, one hundred percent. Right? I, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously, this is why they made them the bad guy. In terms of like, yes, I think there is a pop culture fascination with like crossing over universes and stuff. Uh, we've seen it with Rick and Morty. Uh, that movie, everything all the time. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, that movie. Uh, and then obviously, Wandavision and. The Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse, multiverse of Madness, madness. which you yeah. probably got to no, see because of COVID, you know. Oh, they well, that's the trend right now is multiverses and kind of like all of these things converging together. And I do think that I what does that say about where we are? Because like all these trends that happen, you know, like the apocalypse movies that happened mm-hmm. around like Y two K, um, you know, because people were prepared for the end of the world and they kind of wanted to see it. Oh, I can tell so you why. Why oh, we're I so have obsessed with the multiverse right yeah. now. I think I think our obsession with the multiverse is that a lot of us feel that right now we're in the darkest timeline. And it's just like, I think there's like a glimmer of hope. It's just like, maybe, maybe there's another universe out there where things are better. Yeah. And maybe we can access it to save this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Community reference. Nice. Okay. So was this film needed? Shockingly, yeah. I actually, I I knew we were going to cover this, and I was kind of rolling my eyes a little mm-hmm. bit when I when. What did I say? What I wanted I say? to cover it, but I knew it was, I didn't think it was going to be good, and uh, uh, yeah, no, I I kind of came out saying it's just like, oh wow, I thought this was fresh. I I liked it. I I needed this. I needed this because it kind of, on some way, kind of like also solidified what I liked about the characters Chippendale in the original one, which. Obviously, they're not the same characters, but like they were always referencing that TV show and kind of what made it good, at least with mm-hmm. Kiki's character. Yeah, true. Even though she wasn't able to access it in Albany, <laughs> which I thought was so <laughs> random. Um, it's like old people can't use technology. There's yeah. no way his gram- her grandma would have been and recorded it? it to her. Yeah, that was funny. Um, so I can't necessarily say that I needed this as a person who didn't really watch Chip and Dale growing up and has no real ties to that period of Disney uh, consumption, but I'm glad I got it. It was enjoyable. It was mm-hmm. a nice break from my sickness. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've covered a lot of these directed Disney plus movies and most of them have not been good. Yeah. So yes. it was nice to see a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a, this was a, yeah, I just I was absolutely surprised at how much I enjoyed this yeah. film. I feel like Disney almost didn't realize what they had because if they did, maybe they would have released it in theaters. Although the Pixar film they released, Disney Plus, was also quite good. I don't know why that didn't go to uh, theaters. 
Which but one? Red? Seeing red? Turning red, yeah. Turning red. That was a good one. I don't, they're, yeah, they're being... I don't know. They're playing games with their... What's it called? With they their, are. With this, yeah. It's not that they need it because right now, their numbers are doing pretty well, especially compared to like Netflix's Spiral. Yeah. So, but Jeez. this could be part of that plan, right? Like, release good content that Netflix hasn't in a while. <laughs> Or they're like, hey, maybe more Disney Plus memberships will happen if a film as good as Chippendale comes out. And or even Turning Red. Yeah. yeah, Turning yeah, Red. Yeah. And let's not forget, red, I yeah. mean, their whole Marvel franchise with all the new Marvel and Star Wars shows coming out. Yeah. It's, all they have to do is release like three movies at the theaters and they'll be fine. Yeah. Everyone exactly. goes sees these movies. So I guess what I'm hearing is Disney Plus, give us some money. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time, guys. We've been plugging your stuff for a while. Uh, so we only complain very rarely. Only very rarely. Only when you do bad things. Uh, That's why the mouse doesn't forget, you know? Yeah, maybe we'll cut that out. But what do you guys think? Did you see Chip and Dale? Are you a fan of them? And were you even happy with this new film? Did you enjoy it? Did it hit all your boxes? Let us know. Or I should say, did it check off all your boxes? Let us know. You should email us. Email us remakes, reboots, revivals at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at remakes, reboots, revivals. We actually have a really funny video up right now where we reference last week's episode of Firestarter. Mm-hmm. So you got to see Firestarter to get it, but hopefully you get it. <laughs> um, we're on Twitter at remakes podcast. Uh, you can also find us on facebook.com slash remakes, reboots, revivals. We're also on YouTube. Search for remakes, reboots, revivals. And if you want to chat with us and leave us a voicemail and get it maybe played on one of these very nice episodes, you got to call this number. 862 two, yeah, 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. I'm sorry if I threw you off there. I usually say, Rolando, what's that number? I but, was reading. Uh, what's that? I just got an email and I was... Oh, oh, I see. You're already checked out. Wow. Okay. You know, <laughs> it's just ending. <laughs> it's it is rather late at night, but um, yeah, this was fun. The movie was fun, and hopefully, the fun will continue next week when we go to the movie theater to cover the long-awaited Top Gun sequel. Oh, uh, it's only in theaters. I can't like just only in theaters. No, it's yeah, it's nope. And it's gonna be worth it because it's gonna it's I don't gonna think sound. So. I haven't great. Oh, and the movie is gonna be whatever, but it's gonna be a worth going to the movie theater movie to see. I don't know. Tune in next week, guys, and find out how we feel about this. Was Rolando pleased? Was Nicole disappointed? Anybody surprised? I'm disappointed. I have to watch Top Gun. I've never seen it. All right. Well, <laughs> I can't wait to hear those thoughts. Until next time, stay, stay in original. original.